Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is... Let's Pull Over About the Wasteland. It's a show we do. Every once in a while we talk about a book. Um, today is April 15th, and we are on Chapter 5. Happy Little Monday. Called Bridge and Thought City. an ugly man. Sorry. I opened up the picture of Gasher and it's just an ugly, ugly man. and City. We're going over the third book in the Dark Tower series. Where am I? Mm-hmm. And this... I took out all my bookmarks. Yeah, there we go. I try, I try to make sure it stays in. <laughs> one for there, and then one where we end. So I keep... Uh, we are going from page 272, or 273, all the way up to 312. Bees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a little bit to go over with, and this is only a third of this chapter. But we have three pieces of this, and I think we have like one, and we're done, or something along those lines. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. We once we get through this chapter, we we have like one more smaller section. That's it. The book's done. So we're flying through the book. It feels like because we Man. are technically flying Man through the book. Beast, wizard, and glass. Also, a very good book. Yes. Very different book. Yes, very, very different. Lots of almost lots as of stories. how the first book felt so different from the series. That book almost in itself also feels very different from the series. Well, I think it's because it's it, it it does a lot of time traveling. Not past. actual time traveling, but we no. talk about the past a lot. There's yeah. a lot of past in which that past story is a very different story than we're currently getting. Yes, that's why we see uh, Roland in a totally different light. If we haven't mentioned, which we haven't mentioned on this because we, we, we really stick to the book, is that uh, Amazon is moving forward with their Dark Tower oh. series. I think I mentioned this to you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because they, we have... We, we have, have somewhat cast-ish We have some kind of cast that we're not positive still how they're, they plan on working it. Uh, we also have a, a What's in the Box where we pitch our whole so if you want more about that you can go check it out over there but yeah they've casted someone who looks like will make him over a good Randall flag but a very strangely aged person for Roland. Roland isn't he really young he's 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 too young to play Roland as we know him in the first book but he's also too old to play Roland as we know him in the fourth book he's in the middle which doesn't make a lot of sense unless they're basing it somewhere in the Graphic novels? Like, Let's hope not. I, I don't. I, we also don't know where they're going. As far as are they drawing from every single media of the Dark Tower or just the books? If they want to make the fans happy at all, they'll just do the books because then itself could be a seven to eight season show if done correctly, easily. If not more, if they wanted to break things up a little bit differently, so it could be drawn on forever. Or a while they wanted something that was going to last a long time. What if they end up doing one of those weird concept things where it's like, well, if we do a story that falls between them, like between his younger self and before he actually does the drawing, like, we, we can make up a lot of different things. They could. Nobody would be happy with that. I mean, yes, it... You couldn't upset too many things as long as Roland would end up where he needed to end up by that time. Yeah. And as long as his past kind of matched what we know already. You, there's a lot of room to play in that area. 
It's kind of like how everything that for Star Wars, like, oh, if it's a game or novels, usually takes place between three and four because there's this huge gap of time. So it's like, oh, let's throw things in there. That's kind of this. Yeah. Between book four and book one, there's a big gap of time we know very little about Roland. So there's a lot of room to play. But that's also, I don't think, where most people actually want to see this. No. They want to see what we know from these books become some cool, cool, awesome thing on the screen to watch and enjoy and get to know the character even more visually and everything. So I don't know where they're going. We'll keep updating you with more stuff because it's going to be interesting to see how they decided to do this since they butchered the movie so badly. Yes, they butchered the movie so badly. I'm interested to see... How they would approach the drawing of the three, especially, I mean, you guys, if you guys have been following along, you read the book with us or you listened to us talk about the book. So you know specifically Susanna's story as far as the drawing of the three. And they, without, can still, well, they can still do it. Yeah. I mean, it would be probably, well, that's the thing is, it's on Amazon. Yeah. And they're, I think, for most part, if they're like uh, Netflix, they don't mind what kind of content they put out. Yeah. So it could be whatever they wanted it to be, and it could stay very, very, very true. Well, look, if they wanted. The only reason why I brought that specifically up is because Stephen King wrote that book in a different time, mm-hmm. and now we've reached a very different time where more and more people are very overly sensitive about certain things. Yes, they are. And so, especially how things are viewed. And so, being that he wrote that in a certain time, how true they're going to stick to his view or how he approached those characters is going to be an interesting... Uh, I, I still think it would play out. I mean, you could easily tone it down slightly, yeah. not to make her so absolutely yeah, horrible. Like, yeah, because he, he uses the very stereotypical view to just push how strong that character's personality is. Well, well that, but that's the whole yeah. point. That her alternate personality is the exact opposite yeah. of her personality, which is the very stereotypical. He even used stereotypical in the yeah. book. <laughs> so, again, I think they could easily do it. Maybe tone it down so it doesn't have to be so horrible. Yeah. But if you don't do it, you don't get a sense of that character. And it doesn't. you don't get the sense of her overcoming and being this different person and how that... And her two previous selves mold to make what we know yeah. of Susanna now. It'll, it's going to be it, it'll, it'll be interesting if they follow this storyline. We Which don't know I, yet. I really hope they do. God, can you imagine? Um, we'd have to add it have to be like a breaking prisms because we'd have to. Yeah, well, we'd of have to. <laughs> that would have to be thrown out there. There is no way we're going to sit here and go through every single book and then have a series come out and just be like, nah. We'd have to. I don't know how we'd work it in there, but. I don't know. They're, they're, they're working on it. I mean, and we'll, we'll see. It also depends on how long it takes them to work on it when they're planning on releasing it. Well, I, say, like I don't expect it. I mean, we could easily see like the first season come out in like the next year. Um, Amazon has done some things where they've released like a pilot yeah. and see how it did and then did more after that. I don't like that method. They did it with um, the show The Tick. They released the first episode. It did well enough. So they released... Like, half more of the season, and then they waited and released the other half. Mm-hmm. It's a weird way of going about it, but that's how they did it. And they yeah. could approach this somewhat what similar. Like, hey, we're going to do the... Oh, if they did the first book, the smallest one. Yeah. Like, here's four episodes. We're going to see how it does. If it does well, 
we'll do the rest of the series and continue onward. But that would be weird. The this this series specifically, I don't think they can do that because the first book is so different. But if it they is, do the, they start with the fourth book. I mean, well, I no, think, no, I'm just talking about releasing like a pilot and then all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because it's like. If someone's not interested in a Western kind of feel, they're not going to like it. And well, so, that's another course, reason why I think if you did the fourth book instead, which, again, I think we, we unanimously agreed, yeah. that it would probably be better as a TV series to start with said fourth book. Yes. And if they did that, you could make for a pretty interesting first episode. Yeah. Because I, I think we did talk about that as far as it would be better to see... The characters, or at least to see Roland as he's supposed to be, and then have him say, you know, like, this is this is my story kind of thing, and then yeah. go back. Yes, it would be cool to see older Roland sitting around with a group of characters we don't know yet, yes. telling the story, and going backwards, and then us getting the first season, and maybe even have him narrate that first season as we get what's going on yeah. with him as a younger child, or a younger kid. And then as the seasons move forward or ha- however they end up approaching it, to have it reach to the point of, okay, this is the gunslinger now. And then we get that and then we go into the drama. The thing is, do then- you not have any narration at that point? Because now you've started in the future and gone back to one, but you abandon that narration theory when you move to the first book, technically. Technically, though, in this book right here, we do have him having a... Pla- they, they do palaver about him... Going, chasing the man in black. What happens in the mountains with Jake? And then... But that's still the past. Yes. My point is, if we start in the in the fourth book, which takes place after this one, yeah. do we have him narrate the first season, but also the second season, the third season, and then finally reach back to where thing. he was originally narrating? Or do you abandon it and just start at that point? Or do you maybe have Roland sitting in the desert and maybe with Zoltan or something weird, telling a story to him about some other way so when we get to the first book, we can end the narration and basically begin the journey at that point. But then when you reach the story of four, how do you not... You'd have to do something different. That's the issue. I don't know what the best method of going about that because I don't think you could have him narrate every season. I think the... I don't know how... I think the in order to do that with the fourth one... By the time you got to the fourth one, you would literally have to be in, not a, not a montage, but just like a one of those times where it's literally like you, he almost says the same line he starts out with at the beginning of the yeah, season, but, but it just kind of fades the out. And the fourth then... season would have to be, or the if you start with the it would still be the whatever. Once you reach this book in yeah. the series, it would just have to be like it would have to be added to the third or fifth season. Yeah, it couldn't be its own thing anymore because no. you kind of already told it. But you still have to go through those notions of going through the city, doing things, yeah. and getting to where you do in the end. Those things still have to happen, but they probably have to be combined with something different because you kind of already gotten it. And then you'd also have to wonder, okay, so would maybe a side episode or what, not a side, but they usually call them filler episodes or maybe just a bonus tiny story thrown in at some point. Would you do a wind through the keyhole? Probably. Because it is a story from his past. It is. I. I mean, I don't necessarily. I don't think it has any big significance to the whole overall arching story of this st- everything. 
I haven't read it. It's the only one that sadly I have not read. We'll get to it, though. The only importance that it has as far as... Because, I mean, he he threw it... Stephen King didn't write it until after everything was already over. So So, that's my point. I don't know if there's any reason to keep it. It wouldn't change if they didn't keep it. But you do learn more about Gabrielle. His... Gabrielle. Even more so, Cornuant takes place... Um, I believe it's between... Well, no, no, no. Five. But when does Four. the story he tells takes place? When he's... What do you mean? Okay, it takes place when he is... When he first leaves um, Gilead. So, would you tell that also in the first season? Maybe. Because it... Okay, no, it's not when he leaves. It's when he leaves for the first time. Like, literally, he becomes a man and his father says, Well, I have a mission for you kind of thing. And then he gets sent out with... Um, Elaine and Cuthbert, Cuthbert, I believe. But isn't it the fourth book? Huh? Isn't that their first mission in the fourth book? I don't know. It is. So when does when the keyhole? I don't know. When does that past story take place? Eh. I don't know. That's just my thing. Is that maybe yeah. you just figure a way to weave it into the first season? Since so it's also in its past. Okay. Um. That was all. No, 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 no. Okay. So it it's not when it's not his first. Okay. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's one of those things where I just read a line and I was like, "Well, you and I have read the books. Not all these people have, so we'll we'll go over that another time." <laughs> we'll figure this at some point. We've already <laughs> that literally answered my question, but I was like, "I can't read that out loud." So <laughs> okay, lovely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've talked ten minutes. Almost okay. 15 minutes about a series, a series <laughs> that isn't out. But if you're interested in the Dark Tower at all, I hope you're interested yeah. in that as well. Because it is, it will be something we will be discussing more and more as we start hearing more things about it being made. Yeah. And give our opinions about what we think, how well they're doing. Okay, so. Maybe we should start with the book. <laughs> Until that happens, let's move in to... Chapter 5. Chapter 5. Bridge and City. Bridge and City. They came upon the downed airplane three days later. Yippity yip yip. So pretty much they have left the city of the old. They have gone over Charlie the Choo-Choo together. They have all talked about what's going on. And now they have moved on to their journey towards the city and the bridge. Yep. And they've come across, like you said. An airplane. Airplane. Uh, it looks like a dead bird, Roland said. A big one. That's no bird, Eddie said. That's an airplane. I'm pretty sure the glare of sunlight bouncing off the canopy. Okay. <laughs> An hour later, they stood silently at the edge of the road, looking at the ancient wreck. Yes. So, it, it, pretty much, they've seen this plane, and it, it looks like the pilot didn't... The pilot's still there, and he's not looking so good. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is the plane that they had mentioned earlier in actually the old city. Yes. Uh, from, I don't remember his name now. Uh, it was... Lord Perth? I mean, have... Lord Perth? No, no, no. Lord Perth is earlier. Or Lord Perth comes later. This Not, is... Well, it does come much later. It's literally my very next note. Well, no. Lord Perth is the story Roland mentions. Oh. Um, it is... Who's the guy? Um, David Quick. David Quick. Okay. The Outlaw Prince. Yeah, there's his name. David Quick, the Outlaw Prince. 
because it says, looks like Aunt Talitha was wrong and the old albino man had the right of it after all, Susanna said in an odd voice. That must be David Quick, the outlaw prince. Look at the size of him. Roland, they must have had grease. They must have to grease him to get him into the cockpit. Yeah, sometimes you can't save a sentence once you say no, something wrong. No, I can't. Which I know more well than anybody. <laughs> Just trying to wing it and get yeah, through it. Like, no. well, that sounded so broken. Nope. But yes, and then Roland looks at him. Uh, there we go. So fell Lord Perthy said, and the countryside did shake with that thunder. Jake looked at him questioningly. It's from an old poem. Lord Perth was a giant who fell forth to war with a thousand men. But he was still in his own country when a little boy threw a stone at him and hit him in the knee. He stumbled, the weight of his armor bore him down and broke his neck in the fall. Jake said, like the story of David and Goliath. Pretty much. And then Eddie's off in his own world. Good old Eddie. Yeah. Which, just looking at it, he's like, there was no fire. I bet he just ran out of gas and tried a dead stick landing on the road. He might have been an outlaw and a barbarian, but he had a yard of guts. So, Eddie in no way was listening to them. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, they walked up the plane. Hi, Jason. Uh, See the machine gun over the wing? That's a air-cooled German model, and this is a Whatever. It's a For, fuck wolf. Sure. From just before World War II. I'm sure it is. So, what's it doing here? Lots of planes disappear, he said. Like the Bermuda Triangle, for instance. That's a place over one of our oceans rolling. It's supposed to be jinxed. So maybe there's a giant... a big doorway between our worlds. One that's almost always open. Mm-hmm. Fasten your seatbelt and prepare for turbulence. You're flying into... <laughs> the, the rolling zone. zone. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? So lots of fun things here we've discussed over multiple shows. This, this is perfect because we have the Bermuda Triangle, which we went over in one of our Unlocking the Beyonds. Unlocking the Beyonds. And then of course we have the Roland Zone for our The Twilight Zone, which, which we literally have a show. Are still currently going on with the Twilight Zone. But the whole reason why Jake even brought this up is because he said the people who built that city might have made their own airplanes, but I'm pretty sure this is one of ours. It's also funny that uh, this is dealing with a plane, the rolling zone, when the last episode we just watched, (laughs) the Twilight Zone, was on a plane. (laughs) One that disappears. I I originally thought that's where that was going, by the way, but... I, I I didn't think it was going to go an actual way. I thought it was going to go into like... Okay. But um, it's... Of course, then Jake wants to get a closer look. So he... Roland kind of... Roland first is like, okay, and tries to lace his fingers together. And Eddie's like, come on, dude. <laughs> Let me do this. It's fine. <laughs> Roland, you got many fingers left. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, so Roland kind of lifts him up, and there was a fist and thunderbolt logo mm-hmm. along the thing. And so Jake kind of reaches up and just peels it. And sure enough, giant swastika. Yep, so apparently, very super clearly, is a German plane from yeah. apparently uh, the World War II. Yeah. So, 
of course, there's all kinds of doorways between this, these worlds. So who knows how it actually got here, but it's very clearly one of one of Eddie's and theirs. And... Which I'm pretty sure, of course, this information is used later on, but I just thought that was really weird. Because it was just like, beginning of chapter, fine plane, and then literally just as like, I knew it. I just wanted to see it. You can put me down now. And then they started out again and just walked away. Like, it was just a really short, like, find plane, leave plane. What else can you do with the plane? I mean, there's nothing else. The plane was mentioned in the previous chapter about made it existing, and they actually found the plane outside the city, and... I, I, to me, it just felt really weird, because as I said, it was just like, that, that entire last sentence, it's like the whole Stephen, people saying Stephen King can't end things really well, it was just kind of one of those... Jake's standing there, he has seen the swastika, and he's like, I knew it. That's all I want to see. Put me down and let's go. Well, he thought it was a certain plane. Turns out it actually is. I mean, I don't know what else you would say about this plane. I don't know. It was just weird how it ended, okay? It was Jake's turn to make that fire, to make the fire that night. When the wood was laid to the gunslinger's satisfaction, he handed Jake his flint and steel. Let's see how you do. So now Jake is... Trying to start a fight. Now, one of the more interesting parts of this chapter, in my opinion. <laughs> and of course, Roland Roland sees Su- is looking at Susanna and Eddie, and of course they're like huddled together, all you know, two turtle doves. And he's he says he, Roland had noted these things and they pleased him. Their love was deepening, strengthening. That was good. It would have to be deep and strong indeed if it was to survive the months and years ahead. Yeah, I mean, it... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jake struck the spark, but it flashed inches away from the kindling. Move your flint closer, Roland said, and hold it steady. And don't hit it with the steel, Jake. Scrape it. Jake tried again, and this time the spark flashed directly into the kindling. There was a little tendril of smoke, but no fire. I don't think I'm very good at this. You'll get it. Meantime, think on this. What's dressed when night falls and undressed when day breaks? Now, see, I didn't move forward at this point. I'm like, I know. I I'm like, can I answer this riddle? Huh. I didn't. Needless to say, I did not answer this no, riddle. No, I was like, my brain was like, what? I don't know. And, of course, Jake didn't even get it at first. He's like, uh, he's like, I, Roland's like, I guess that's not one, that one's not in your book. Oh, it's a riddle. (laughs) (laughs) It's a riddle. Okay. That makes more sense. You know some of those, too? Just, just, just a smidge. Roland nodded. Not just some, a lot. As a boy, I must have known a thousand. They were part of my studies. Really? Why would anyone study riddles? Vinay, my tutor, said a boy who could answer a riddle was a boy who could think around corners. We had riddling contests every Friday noon, and the boy or girl who won could leave school early. I kind of think it's something we should do these days. I mean, it's a good idea. It's a cool point. Yeah. It's someone who can think outside the box and try to figure out things a little differently. That things aren't always as they seem, and you may have to think differently to come up with answers. It seems like a useful tool in everyday life. Let's have riddle contests. Like, I said, riddling and doing puzzles and everything, 
should I, I remember doing some like during high school and stuff or not high school but throughout my um grade school career as they call it uh I don't know why but uh I do remember doing puzzles and doing like games and stuff like that riddles and everything because it did help you think outside the box but I do feel like it is important I feel like just like art and music just creative things like this should be part of education it's a useful thing. Again, riddles, they, they, they really help teach you to think differently. Yeah. I'm not particularly good at them, but I've never actually tried very hard to be good at them. Now, so. I, as serious as these people get, maybe you're taking it a little too far, guys. But they smidge, but I mean, they're in a harsh and dangerous world. And when you don't have a lot of things to be serious about, you got to have something to be serious about. You really? In a dark and serious world? What I'm saying is that they, they don't have... As you can tell, they don't have sports. Yeah. They don't have things they can watch. There's not thing. So riddling was there. It was the thing, the only thing that arm wrestling competitions. So you had to do something, and it was their type of sport. And like anyone might get mad if you were cheating at a sport, and a dark and dangerous world where people on carry guns all the time, and there are wars still going on and death all the time. I can see these things <laughs> happening. Did you get to leave early often, Roland? Suzanne asked. He shook his head, smiling a little to himself. I enjoyed riddling, but I was never very good at it. Vinay said it was because I thought too deeply. My father said it was because I had too little imagination. I think they were both right. But I think my father had a little more of the truth. I could always haul a gun faster than any of my mates and shoot straighter. But I've never been much good at thinking around corners. I like uh, Susanna's little thought here. It's right here somewhere. It was literally right after that. Yeah. Well, well I didn't know. I, could, oh, okay. I didn't know exactly where you were. Uh, yeah, I found yeah. it as soon as you said that. I found it like around corners. Yeah. Susanna, who had watched closely as Roland dealt with the old people at River Crossing, thought the gunslinger was underrating himself, but she said nothing. No, Ro- Roland's a he's a lot cleverer than he's giving himself credit for. Yeah. Uh. But he, that just means that probably the other people he grew up with was a lot smarter than he was. That doesn't mean that he himself wasn't very smart. Well, I mean, we literally, uh, we literally get to hear, like, within the, literally the next paragraph that Elaine was like, whoo! Mm. Like, he got these, like, crazy... And core to core, their were, teacher was amazing at them. But these were useful things in the things that they have. What they were, gunslingers were more than just people who killed people. Yeah, they had a much bigger importance, and they were uh, a group of people trying to restore order to a world. It didn't work very well, unfortunately. But that's what they were trying to yeah. do. They were trying to start a civilization and trying to do things. And it just, it unfortunately didn't work out. But it's just, yes. Roland does not give himself enough credit. And at the same time, though, throughout the books, we do know that he doesn't quite catch on to things really that fast. But also, he sees a lot more than people give him credit for. So it's like... He doesn't catch on to certain things, but other things he he catches on faster than anybody. Yeah. Sometimes on winter nights, there would be riddling competitions in the Great Hall. When it was just the Yunkers, Elaine always won. When the grown-ups played as well, it was always court. He'd forgotten more riddles. Yeah, he'd forgotten more riddles than the rest of us ever knew. 
How, does that make sense to you? What? He'd forgotten more riddles than the rest of us ever knew, and after the fair day riddling, Court always carried home the goose. Why would it be he'd for, he had forgotten more riddles? How does that make sense? How's not? Sen- I mean, it's he. You could say he had forgotten more, but he'd forgotten more. I don't understand what's wrong. With that particular makes sense to me. He'd forgotten more riddles than the rest of us ever knew. How, uh, that that sentence makes sense. I, I don't, I don't know. know why. It's not making sense. Why? Okay. He'd forgotten more riddles. I mean, that's a saying. People say that. Not, not with the word riddles, but other things. I had forgotten more than you would ever known. Or I've... I mean, I've, this is just a saying. I've heard this before. I guess, to me, my brain's trying to register why... Uh, why court forgetting riddles was a good thing. That's what my brain's trying to register. No, it's saying he knew so many riddles over such a long period of time. He had okay. forgotten more that of those riddles sense. than anybody, normal people, will ever learn. Okay, that makes more sense to me. I don't know why. It's not that he... I guess I had never heard that before. It's an expression. Oh, I guess it's one that I've never heard, which is weird. <laughs> I've heard a lot of expressions. Apparently not that one. It's just saying you've, you've obtained so much yeah. knowledge. You've forgotten so much of that knowledge. So much of the knowledge you've forgotten is yeah. more than some people will ever know. I mean, it makes sense, as I said. I guess I yeah. just it didn't comprehend to my brain. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I've heard the saying before. Yeah. So it, it worked for me fine. Riddles have great power, and everyone knows one or two. Yeah, everyone does. Like, when is the door not a door? Which yeah. they bring up yeah. sometime in here. I've heard that one forever ago. And then, of course, we have Eddie. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. No, just I- cannot <laughs> be serious about anything, can you, buddy? Just can't do it. Eddie just brings up dead baby jokes. Because uh, what he's bringing up isn't a riddle. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. And as much as he wants to be it's not a riddle. It's a joke. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Even me, Eddie said. For instance, why did the dead baby cross the road? That's dumb, Eddie. Susanna said, but she was smiling. Uh, we'll get to it. Roland explains. I like Roland's little explanation. But good old Eddie. He just, he tries to be funny and doesn't like when other people doesn't appreciate his humor. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. Susanna says smiling because it was stapled to the chicken. Like okay, sure. That that is funny. I find that funny. It's. I think they say tasteless at some point, but it's yeah. still funny. Eddie yelled and grinned when Jake burst into laughter, knocking his little pile of kindling apart. Yuck, <gasps> yuck, yuck. I got a million of them, folks. Uh, Roland, however, uh, didn't laugh. He looked, in fact, trifle offended. <laughs> Pardon me for saying this, Eddie, but that's rather silly. Jesus, Roland, I'm sorry, Eddie said. He was still smiling, but he sounded slightly peeved. I keep forgetting you got your sense of humor shot off at the Children's Crusade or whatever it was. That's horrible. It's just that I take riddles seriously. I was taught that the ability to solve them indicates indicates a sane and rational mind. Well, they're never going to be replace the works of Shakespeare or the... Quadratic. Quadratic equation, Eddie said. I mean, let's not get carried away. Jake was looking at Roland thoughtfully. My book said riddling is the oldest game people still play. 
In our world, I mean. And riddles used to be really serious business, not just jokes. People used to get killed over them. Roland was looking out in the growing darkness. Yes, I've seen it happen. He was remembering a fair day riddling which had ended not with the giving of the prize goose, but with a cross-eyed man in a cap of bells, dying in the dirt with a dagger in his chest. Quartz dagger. The man had been a wandering singer and acrobat who had attempted to cheat court by stealing the judge's pocketbook in which the answers were kept on small scraps of bark. Don't cheat. Apparently <laughs> against court. Court's crazy, okay? Hey, uh, court was bad one, bad mama jama. <laughs> Not a guy you should screw over. And when these things being taken extraordinarily serious, to cheat. Well... And well for him. Yeah. To which Susanna's like, oh, I forgot about the book. Can I see it? And Jake's like, oh, sure, it's in my pack. The answers are gone, though. Maybe that's why Mr. Tower gave it to me for fr- And Roland's like, wha-bam. <laughs> his shoulder was suddenly seized with a painful force. What was his name, Roland asked? Mr. Tower, Jake said. Calvin Tower? Didn't I tell you that? No. Roland slowly relaxed his grip on Jake's shoulder. But now uh, that I hear it, I suppose I'm not surprised. You couldn't be, you know, not surprised before you tried to take his shoulder off? <laughs> I was, I mean, go figure his name. Calvin Tower. Uh, Eddie opened Jake's pack and found the rule dumb. He tossed his hand. You know, he said, I always thought that the dead baby joke was pretty good. Tasteless, maybe, but pretty good. I don't care about taste, Roland said. It's senseless and unsolvable, and that's what makes it silly. A good riddle is neither. And that is extremely true. Yes. It is, it's, it, because Eddie's just confusing riddle with joke. Yeah. Eddie, you're just telling a joke. That's fine. Have fun with the joke, but it's not a real riddle. (laughs) No, he threw this into... He threw this into the middle of a riddle conversation. And that's what's just rubbing Roland the wrong way. Roland takes it super seriously. And of course, as Eddie is going to do, Eddie made a joke and is calling it a riddle. And it's it's not sitting with Roland particularly well. No. But I always find it funny that Roland Roland isn't using words like, oh, that's, that's tasteless or... That's not a riddle. He's calling things silly. Silly. Which is funny. They're silly. It's fine. It's just weird hearing Roland use the word silly. They're silly things. This is silly. (laughs) Silly. He just seems so proper right now. It's weirding me out, okay? But it says, Jake, meanwhile, had been restacking the kindling and mulling over the riddle, which had started the discussion. Now he suddenly smiled. A fire. That's the answer, right? Dress it at night. Undress it in the morning. If you change dress to build, it's simple. That's it. Roland returned Jake's smile, but his eyes were on Susanna, watching as she thumbed through the small, tattered book. And that's when he, once again, is kind of looking at Susanna and Eddie. She, he's seeing Susanna as someone who's thinking this through, processing everything, understanding everything. And then he's looking at Eddie, and it's just like... <sighs> because... Susanna's a lot smarter and more thoughtful than Eddie is. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt. And he's, he pretty much is once again 
he's seeing Cuthbert and Eddie. So much of Cuthbert. And then he's like, it was easier... It was easier to do that when he remembered that Eddie couldn't help his occasional forays into nonsense. Character was also at least partly formed by Ka, and Roland knew well that there was more to Eddie than nonsense. Any time he started to make the mistake of thinking that wasn't so, he would do well to remember their conversation by the side of the road three nights before, when Eddie had accused him of using them as markers on his own private game board. That had angered him, but it had been close enough to the truth to shame him as well. Blissfully unaware of these long thoughts, Eddie now inquired. Jesus. Of course you did, Eddie. Because, you know, why Why wouldn't you? Inquire. What's green, weighs a hundred tons, and lives at the bottom of the ocean? I know, Jake said. Moby Snot, the great green well. Idiocy, Roland <laughs> muttered. Yes, yes, yes. Good, good, good old Eddie. You just, you just keep throwing him out there. Yeah, but that's what's supposed to make it funny. Eddie said, "Jokes are supposed to make you think around corners too." No, they're really not. Sometimes, but yeah. Not for the most part. No. Yeah, you can inquire about the answer, but there's 99% chance you ain't getting it right because no. it's, got, it's supposed to be something ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you see, he looked at Roland's face, laughed, and threw up his hands. Never mind, I give up. You wouldn't understand. Not in a million years. Let's look at the damn book. I'll even try to take it seriously. If we can eat a little supper first, that is. Watch me, the gunslinger said with a flicker of a smile. Huh? That means you have a deal. Watch me. To which Jake finally gets the fire started. Yes, we finally get the good old fire going. He felt well pleased with himself. He had started the evening fire, and he had guessed the answer to Roland's riddle. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you, you're, for some of your pictures right here just, in the middle of this. Which was which, which is weird. Mine's getting, he's way back there. It doesn't make any sense. Like you could put him kind of close. Like I don't even know what that picture of Roland's even referring to at the I, moment. Honestly, I don't know either. Oh, I did make a very interesting note we'll get to later. Okay. That I was like, oh, finally it's mentioned. Finally. But I've got one, Jake said as they ate their evening burritos. Is it a foolish one? Roland asked. Nah, it's a real one. Then try me with it. Okay. What can run but never walks, has a mouth but never talks, has a bed but never sleeps, has a head but never weeps? A good one, Roland said kindly, but an old one, a river. Jake was a little crestfallen. You really are hard to stump. <laughs> I'm the very first one. Oh, you're so hard to stump. <laughs> Not me. I'm what Eddie calls an overpush. You should have seen Elaine. He collected riddles the way a lady collects fans. Th that's a pushover, Roland. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Try this one. What lies in bed and stands in bed? First white, then red. Uh, the plumper it gets, the better the old woman likes it. And then once again, I stopped and thought. Yes, I and was thought. Not I, I came up with an answer. I didn't get the right answer. But I got an answer very, very close to the right answer. That I was like, you know what? 
For how close I got, I could have said to myself, right. I didn't, I like, I, I think at this point is when I started kind of dozing because I was tired, but I was like, nope. And then as soon as I read that line, it just said Eddie burst out laughing and then my brain went downhill and I was like, nope, now I can't think anything but that and it's bad. So well, my guess was like, I went with a, a with a, like a tomato, a tomato, something that grows yeah. a fruit or not, a, I guess tomato or it vegetable. It a fruit. Like because the, the plumper it gets, yes. I went like, oh, maybe a tomato. Yeah. But it starts off white, even though I was like, yeah, probably. I think it starts off more green, like a yellow, yellow yeah. green. But I thought all I could come up with was a tomato. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? For the answer, I I feel pretty good about myself. I was fairly close. Yeah. Uh, crude, Roland, but I like it. I like it. Roland shook his head. Your answer is wrong. A good rule is sometimes a puzzle in words. Like Jake's about the river, but sometimes it's more like a magician's trick, making you look in one direction while it's going somewhere else. It's a double, Jake said. He explained what Aaron... I can never remember how we figured out Do how you to... know what, yeah, I, what I think. ...had said about the riddle of Samson. Roland nodded. Is it a strawberry? Suzanne asked, then answered her own question. Of course it is. It's like the fire riddle. There's a metaphor hidden inside it. Once you understand the metaphor, you can solve the riddle. I metaphor sex, but she slapped my face and walked away when I asked, Eddie told them sadly. They all ignored him. If you change gets to grow, Susanna went on. It's easy. So kind of like Jake did with saying, okay, so when you but see... how is it a double? Because that was Jake's first thing. It's a double. <laughs> we never get an answer to what doubleness they're referring to. What, what what was the double with the Samson one? I forgot. There was like two riddles in one. I thought he gave two answers. I remember because I remember it was a lot like the honey and lion yeah. thing, but I don't remember. It's, I don't it's know. Been it's, it's been a, it's, it's yeah. too long. Strawberry being the answer, and I'm like, you know what, tomato, strawberry, you know what, close enough. I got it kind of right. It was still a fruit that grows and starts off small and gets big. And yeah. I, I was close enough that I'm happy. Even if I wasn't 100% right. Well, the answer I always heard was a windberry. But I'm <laughs> sure both answers mean the same thing. Eddie picked up riddle dum and began flipping through it. How about this one, Roland? Wind is a door, not a door. Roland frowned. Is it, is it another piece of your stupidity? Because my patience. <laughs> no, I promise to take it seriously. And I am. I'm trying, at least. It's in this book, and I just happen to know the answer. I heard it when I was a kid. Jake, who also knew the answer, winked at Eddie. Eddie winked back and was amused to see Oi also trying to wink. The bumbler kept shutting both eyes and eventually gave up. Roland and... Roland. <laughs> Roland. Roland and Susanna, meanwhile, were puzzling over the question. It must have something to do with love, Roland said. Adore, adore. When is a door and not a door? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I said. Yes, and he turns a door into the word a door. His imitation at Roland's thoughtful tone was perfect. Eddie winked at Jake again. Jake covered his mouth to hide a smile. Is the answer false love? Roland asked at last. Nope. Window? Susanna said suddenly and decisively. When is a door not a door? When it's a window. 
Nope. I'm not sure where she got window I, from. Well, like, that I at least got, we they, we gave us Roland's thought process turning the word a door into a door. Like okay, I get, but a window. When is a when is a door not a door? When it's a window, you're escaping out it. You're jumping out the window. It's a door now. <laughs> How do you get I, out of this house? You're climbing through the window. It's now a door. I guess so. You open the window. You climb out. You close the window. It's a door. Of course, yes. This is the one I've heard. Forever ago. Oh so yeah, I think everyone. This is besides Roland and Susanna. Apparently, <laughs> uh, I give up. Susanna said, "Yes, Roland. Tell if you know the answer." It's a jar. A door is not a door when it's a jar. Get it? Eddie watched as comprehension dawned on Roland's face and asked, a little apprehensively, "Is it a bad one?" I was trying to be serious this time. Roland, really? Not bad at all. On the contrary, it's quite good. Court would have gotten it, I'm sure. Probably Elaine, too. Uh, it's still very clever. I did what I always used to do in the schoolroom. Made it more complicated than it really was. And shot right past the answer. And that's my problem with riddles. Is that I really like riddles. I like listening to them. I like trying to figure them out. But I really, really relate with Roland. Because I think way too much about it. Like, I think way past what it is and try to complicate it. And then suddenly I get the answer and I'm like, that a child could have gotten that. (laughs) Roland said, one more and we'll turn in. Only from tonight on, we'll stand a watch. I did think about this one quite a bit, and I did not get an answer. (laughs) Jake thumbed through the pages and finally stopped near the back. Whoa, this one's a killer. Let's hear it, Eddie said. If I don't get it, Sue's will. We're known at fair days all across the land as Eddie Dean and his riddling queen. We're witty tonight, ain't we, Susanna said. (laughs) Real witty. Let's see how witty you are after setting by the side of the road until midnight or so, honey child. Jake read. There is a thing that nothing is, and yet it has name. It's sometimes tall and sometimes short, joins our talks, joins our sport, and plays at every game. Did you have any thoughts to this? I did, because I, I thought about it. I really yeah, thought I, about I, it. I really, this one I did. I actually, because I knew they didn't have an answer, I was like, no, i got to figure this one out. But, um, I wrote it down, I think it's in my notes. Yeah, but I don't. It's, it's hard. I'm being very careful with it. Mine, I think, was uh, some. My first one was silence for some reason. My, it, but then it was tall. I, I had the same thing that Eddie did with his pants theory or whatever. Mm-hmm. The whole long. Like, I was like, no, because usually silence either easily short or long. I've never heard of a tall silence, but. Yeah, but you can switch words a little bit. Yeah. And it could be a little double meaning. And then I was thinking of a pause. But I've not, once again, I've never heard of a tall pause. That was the one word that messed me up, is the tall. Because... Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, it's, so, it's something tall and sometimes short. Joins our talk, joins our sport, and plays at every game. Sports. I mean... Because yeah, I was trying to think of a word that could also be short and yeah. long. Instead of, I'm not the tall, and uh, what did I eventually end up putting? I don't even know. Let's go up here. I got all kinds of crap. 
I don't know if I actually wrote it down or not. I, I did somewhere. I thought, uh, let's go with no. I did not. Well, I'm just going to get back to my notes. Um, I don't know. I didn't know if it was something like um, a space. Hard. What is a heart? What is there, hard? There is a thing that nothing is, and yet it has a name. It's sometimes tall and sometimes short. Joins our talks, joins our sport, and plays at every game. Spaces? Nothing is, and yet it has a name. Because space is technically, is technically an absence of something. And then it, there's a tall space, a short space. It joins our talks. Because we have spaces within our talks. It joins our sports spaces and plays at every game. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have. I, it, I, we don't get an answer do we, either. Do we ever? No, I don't think so. I don't, oh God. I don't think they actually tell us. It's something we, we'd actually have to look, look up, up and try to find it. I had something. It, I think yours is better than mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, what I had. Those make a little more sense. Uh, but yeah, yeah. If you know the answer without looking it up on Google, <laughs> you put it down in the comments down below. Yes, at least put put some thought into it and come up with it, and then we'll we'll figure it out with you guys. Even if we have to look it up, because I can't do this. Because <laughs> I have to know now. Like they gave me a riddle, and it's like I'm I, I find it fun trying to figure it out, but if I'm left never with an answer, it bothers me. Well, the thing is, I think even Roland says it at some point. Or maybe Eddie does. At some point, it gets said that uh, it's like you'll know the answer when you hear it because it'll make sense. It says cheap book with the answers torn out. Eddie said, "Well, it was cheap. Mister Tower gave it to me for free." What am I looking for, Roland? Eddie asked. Roland shrugged as he lay down. I don't know, but I think you'll know it if you see it or hear it. But that's about the him going on guard. Yeah, but it's a thing. It's, yeah. Once you hear it, it answers like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." If, but yes, yeah, so now Eddie is on watch duty, and he's kind of just looking towards the city, and he's listening. He right now he's thinking about New York and looking at the city, realizing more and more this is not New York. It's never going to be New York. People no. you meet aren't going to be nice. It's just... He's just coming to these conclusions. And then he starts trying to think about the riddle again. The good old riddle. Because <laughs> he comes up with the word order. Because he's like... A tall order was a big job. A short order was something you got quick... That got the quick in a restaurant. You got on the quick in a restaurant. Except that, <laughs> except that tall orders and tuna melts didn't join our talk or play at every game. But does order join our talks? I mean, order could it kind of works. I don't know. Order of words, order and order games. There's always some kind yeah. of order or and then. It plays or, at every game. Order has to play in a game. Or yeah. structure, yeah. or... Um, but there's... 
there is something that nothing is, but it has a name. Order, order is something, though. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know this thing. Is it? Have to put some real much more thought than we need to spend 10, 15 minutes just <laughs> in silence, thinking, contemplating the riddle. He felt a rush of fr- frustration and had to smile at himself, getting all wound up about a harmless word game in a kid's book. All the same, he found it a little easier to believe that people might really kill each other over riddles if the stakes were high enough and cheating was involved. Let it go. You're doing exactly what Roland said, thinking right past it. I don't know. I felt like this was a little bit harder than that. But it may be simpler than we're giving it credit for. But no, I, I just I just like that if the stakes were high enough. Cause... The thing is, if the stakes are high enough on anything, but anything can be made that way. I mean, any when you're betting or anything or there's a prize involved, you start making things more important than they actually really are, but you're giving value to that thing. Yeah. Which makes it important, and then when someone cheats at it, that really... It's just, it's just, it's just once again, Stephen King putting in little things that I really like. I see. Okay. <clears throat> Apparently, you, you were somewhere else, yeah, and I, I don't was, know. I don't know what you're referring to. But. I don't know. It's just. But if the stakes were high enough and cheating was involved, it's like okay, that's cool. Um, then of course he starts really listening to the drum beats, and he's like, "It really is that song. I know it's that song." <laughs> My good old song. Something What's else that? I get. I, I get a little annoyed with something right towards the end. Of, of the chapter, or the part where we oh the song. Well, they never they don't tell us. Oh, there's, yeah. just, there's a little thing. We'll get we'll yeah. be there. We'll be there. But yeah, that's pretty much the end of this little section is him just being on watch, really. Uh, the next four days were uneventful. <laughs> uh, they walked. They watched the bridge and city grow larger and define itself more clearly. They camped. They ate. They riddled. They've kept watch turn and turn about. Jake had pestered Roland into letting him keep a short watch at two hours before dawn. <laughs> the only remarkable incident had to do with the bees. The bees! The bees. <laughs> bees. Good old bees. So, they catch a glimpse of pretty much bees or something going on and Roland's like, hmm, dessert. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, around noon of the third day after the discovery of a downed plane, a buzzing... A buzzing sound came to them. Around noon of the third day after the discovery of a downed plane, which we already discussed, which was three days after... Or, you're around, talking about three more days after the discovery well, of the plane? it says plane? around noon on the third day after the discovery. After the discovery. I'm reading it wrong. But then it says the next four days were uneventful. So I'm confused, because wouldn't that technically be... If this is three days after finding the down plane... I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused, but anyway. <laughs> a buzzing sound came to them, growing louder and louder <laughs> until it dominated the day. At last, Roland stopped. There, he said, and pointed towards the grove of... Eucalyptus trees? Mm-hmm. It sounds like bees, Susanna said. 
Roland's faded eyes gleamed. Could be we'll have a little dessert tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to tell you this, Roland, Eddie said, but I have an aversion to being stung. Don't we all, Roland agreed, but the day is windless. I think we can smoke them to sleep and still their comb right out from underneath them without setting half the world (laughs) on fire. Let's have a look. And discover a little bit about said bees. Let's see. Oh, is um, okay. He carried Susanna, who was as eager for the adventure as the gunslinger, gunslinger himself. So he's carrying Susanna, and he pretty much tells Jake and Eddie to kind of stay behind. So him and Susanna go to check it out ahead of them. And it's, it's not not so great. No, it is not. What's the matter with them? Susanna asked in a soft, horrified voice. Roland, what's the matter with them? A bee as plump and slow-moving as a horsefly in October droned past her head. Susanna flinched away from it. Roland motioned for the others to join them. They did, and stood looking at the hive without speaking. The chambers weren't neat hexagons, but random holes of all shapes and sizes. The beehive itself looked queerly melted as if someone had turned a blowtorch on it. The bees which crawled sluggishly over it were as white as snow. No honey tonight, Roland said. What we took from yonder comb might taste sweet, but it would poison us as surely as night follows day. One of the grotesque white bees lumbered heavily past Jake's head. He ducked away with an expression of loathing. What did it, Eddie asked. What did it to them, Roland? The same thing that has emptied the whole land. The thing that's still causing many of the buffalo to be born as sterile freaks. I've heard it called the Old War, the Great Fire, the Cataclysm, and the Great Poisoning. Whatever it was, whatever it was, it was the start of all our troubles, and it happened long ago. A thousand years before the great-great-grandfathers of River Crossing folk were born. The physical effects, the two-headed buffalo, the white bees and such, have grown less in time, uh, less, Uh, time has passed. Uh, I have seen this for myself. The other changes are greater, if harder to see, and they are still going on. To which I wrote down immediately, nuclear? Yeah, which we go just slightly far. You had a nuclear war, didn't you? He asked, almost accusedly. The great old ones you like to talk about, they blew their great old butts straight to hell, didn't they? Yeah, that seems to be what happened. Sounds like this was in the future, nuclear war happened, and they're starting over from somewhere in the beginning. Not the full beginning caveman ways, but just somewhere... Typical of what we know of as a post-apocalyptic yeah. world. Let's get out of here, Jake said in a trembling voice. Looking at those things make me sick. So they left the bees to their aimless, shattered life in the grove of ancient trees, and there was no honey that night. No honey, but they were looking forward to sweet honey. Roland was looking forward to sweet honey. When are you going to tell us what you do know? Eddie asked the next morning. What do you mean? 
I'd like to hear your whole story from beginning to end. How you grew up there and what happened to end it all. I want to know how you found out about the Dark Tower and why you started chasing after it in the first place. I want to know about your first bunch of friends, too, and what happened to them. Do we ever get the answer how he found out about the Dark Tower? I thought we'd get glimpses of it. Because, yeah, we hear about the first group of friends, but we do, I don't know if we ever necessarily... I it was in that one. It is in that one. Yeah. But, I mean, that's all about the Dark Tower itself. Yeah, I know. I'm talking about, um, like, it's somewhere mixed in with, like, the the glass... Like, the glass... The witches and the glass and stuff like that. I want to say it's just, it's not like a major po- focal point, but it was a I you learn you learn that this is the center, and if there's something wrong, it's got to be because of that. So I just don't remember that necessarily. I don't know but, why it became an addiction, but uh, we'll be meticulously going through the next book soon enough. You have the right to know all those things, I suppose, and I'll tell them to you, but not now. It's a very long story. I never expected to tell anyone, and I'll only tell it once. When? When the time is right, Roland said, and with that, they had to be content. Yeah, Roland does what Roland wants to do when Roland wants to do it. You get lucky if he tells you anything, so. Roland came awake the moment before Jake began to shake him. I forget what I was doing. There we go. If you want to move on, we'll, we'll, we'll skip this too. But it's a long, it's long, okay. <laughs> so yes, Jake wakes him up, thinking that he's hearing fighting. What is it? Asked Jake in a low voice. I don't know. Fighting, maybe. Come and listen. Tonight, the wind blew directly into their faces, and they looked towards the city. And the sound it carried to them was faint but clear. Is it fighting? Jake asked. Roland nodded and held a finger to his lips. He heard faint shouts crash that sounded like some huge object falling. And of course, the drums. Breaking glass. And when the drums quit a few minutes later with their usual unsetting, unsettling suddenness, the city was silent again. But now that silence had an unpleasant waiting quality. Roland put an arm around Jake's shoulders. Still not too late to detour around, he said. <laughs> Jake glanced up at him. We can't. Because of the train? Jake nodded and sing-songed. Blaine is a pain, but we have to take the train. And the city's the only place where we can get on. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Roland understands how much they actually do have to take the train. Why do you say we have to? Is it Ka? Because Jake, you have to understand that you don't know much about Ka yet. It's the sort of subject men study all their lives. I don't know if it's Ka or not, but I do know that we can't go into the wastelands unless we're protected, and that means blame. Without him, we'll die. Like those bees we saw are going to die when winter comes. We have to be protected. Because the wastelands are poison. How do you know these things? I don't know, Mm. Jake said almost angrily. I just do. All right, Roland said mildly. He looked toward Lud again. But we'll have to be damned careful. It's unlucky that they still have gunpowder. If they have that, they might have things that are even more powerful. I doubt if they know how to use them, but that only increases the danger. They could get excited and blow us all to hell. L. A grave voice from behind them. 
They glanced around and saw Oi sitting by the side of the road watching them. Dude, Oi. <laughs> Oi, sometimes you're kind of shady. <laughs> what are you doing over I lo- there? I love you to death, but you just have this ominous presence that after they're having like this deep conversation, you always just hear an echo in the dark and we're like, hello? <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? It'd be super interesting if we do get a series. How they gonna- decide to do Oi. I would, I hope, hope that they just stick to a CGI character. But it's the, more expensive. That's the issue. It is. It's Do more they, expensive. Does Amazon have the money that they want to spend to have a full CG character through a, a lot of the series? Because when you think about it, if they just turn him, turn him into a regular animal, that means they would kind of have to remove the talking portion, which makes oi, oi. Or, you could take, said, a certain breed of dog, maybe do a little bit to make him look a little different, and say it's some kind of different animal, and still have it talk. It, would, it wouldn't be as accurate, but it'd be a lot cheaper. I don't know, I just don't know if they can do a CG character. It depends how much they're going to put into everything else in the world. As far because when you think about it, as everything that kind of exists in this place is not really that fantastical. It's strange, but like you said, it's post apocalyptic. It already exists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't see them having to do a lot of super, super CGI throughout this story besides like little action scenes and everything. And the demon and there's, there's things they would, yeah. yes, but I still don't know. And if they did do CG, in my opinion, that means we'd get a lot less of Oi. Plus, when you think about it, though, well, what that I... <laughs> depending on how they're going to do the series, um, Oi doesn't appear until... I know, several seasons in. Yeah. It'd be several seasons at so that point. So that they could, be ga- they could already have gained momentum, well, gained the money for Oi. The other th- thing I'm thinking of. Is that may, CG would make more sense, and it could be more feasible only because I'm thinking of um, Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Did you watch more of that? I know about um, what the hell is his name? The monkey. Pogo. Pogo. There you go. Yes, but Pogo appears quite frequently throughout the series. Yeah. He's never there a lot, but he's definitely CG, and he's good CG. And when you think about it, literally, when you read as you're reading the story, even. Oi is always there, but you don't really... His presence... You know his presence is there because of the story. I'm curious if they could get a dog that looked semi-similar and use the dog and do some CG to the dog so it's partly real, part CG. As long as it doesn't turn into like the really bad like commercials where the dogs are talking and it just looks bad. and it's just... Well, I don't know how they have Oi talk anyway. I mean, well, he talks, but how would that look? I don't know. Dogs don't have lips. <laughs> well, and when the, I think of Oi, I, I, I just, I don't know. Half the time when they do animals talking without CGI, it's pretty much just mouth movements and then someone doing a voiceover. But Which is, I can't imagine being really any different. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I'd, it'd be, I'd be curious to see what they do, and I hope they don't do something stupid like try to eliminate Oi altogether. No, because he, he, 
He's part of the quartet. He is, and he's helpful, and he's useful, and they would have to fight. It would be the Harry Potter movies removing Dobby yeah. through most of them and finding other reasons for things to happen and then randomly bringing him back in and the book to kill it. Spoilers for if you haven't wa- read or watched the movies, which, I mean, if you haven't, you didn't have any interest in Harry Potter at this point. Um, but either way, it'll be interesting to see. It will be. So, yes. Where are we <laughs> Later that day, they came to a new road which swept toward them out of the west and joined their own way. So they've reached kind of like an overpass kind of thingy. Weird. Which is broken and they're like, oh. Jake wants to know why the road was broken this way. And he's like, Eddie's like, I don't know. (laughs) But hey, both him and Roland know. They know what's going on. They know how creepy the entire situation is because they can picture people pushing things off the ledge and killing people and all of it. But they just apparently don't want to tell Jake this. Well, they don't make it too grim. <laughs> Jake's over here. You sure you don't know? <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Eddie smiled at Jake and tried to stop imagining <laughs> that there was some nut up there right now getting ready to roll a large rusty bomb down on both of them. Uh, down one of those decayed concrete ramps. No idea, he said. And to which Susanna doesn't want to, but she's like, this road is hell. You're going to have to get out the harness. Good old harness. So yes, now we have Susanna climbing back on. So Susanna is now out of her chair. See, that's another question. Susanna, if they did a series, what do you do? Do you hire an actress... Who has no legs, so it's easier, it's cheaper, you don't have to worry about things. I don't know how many actresses there are with no legs. Or do you get an actress and cleverly CG out her legs? Green screen her legs the entire time? I don't know. It'd be easier and cheaper just get an actress with no legs. But how many actresses are going around Hollywood with no legs that you could easily, you you could obtain? (laughs) For the series. You put out the advertisements, they will come. (laughs) It's just interesting. It's just interesting. You never know. That could be the next, you know, aspiring star that they find for this. Uh, It's very true. I mean, there's got to be an actress out there who's trying to get roles, or maybe does get roles for special situations like this that it is. I mean, maybe you need that. But it's just interesting. It's actually really popular in zombie films, too. Yeah, I mean, to have people that maybe, are already missing limbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, because it makes it easier. You yeah. don't worry about CGing anything. It helps with the effect. So maybe you get someone like that. Maybe someone who hasn't done a lot, of, maybe a lot of like main roles. But maybe like a stunt double or people who do these weird side things, but also can't act. And maybe you get someone like that to step up and. That actually would be a good place to start too. Like people who've maybe worked on The Walking Dead or maybe have worked in some of the zombie films and everything, be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, we have a bigger role for you." Exactly. Be kind of yeah. Look at there. Look at there. That'd work. <laughs> we know where to find our people now. <laughs> See, we're we're building up to this. Let's we're starting our own. We're going we're, we're to make the series. All right, it's all right. Uh, let's learn how to CGI animals. Okay. <sighs> so. Um, they pretty much start moving on, really. Um, and they're seeing other things, like, uh, what was it? 
says the banks on either side had grown steadily steeper, and now at their tops they could see slim, pointed shapes looming against the sky. Roland thought of arrowheads, huge ones, weapons made by a tribe of giants. To his companions, they looked like rockets or guided missiles. Because that's always a nice sight to see. So now they are some hours in. Now we're just going with some. We're not even bringing out set hours. It's just some hours. Yep, and they kind of see the tracks to where the trains would be. The tracks raced toward them out of the west in a slim straight line, then flowed across the sand. The sand? The sand. Yeah, that's the name of the river, the sand river. Oh, is it? Okay. Flowed across the sand and into the city on the narrow golden trestle. It was a simple, elegant construction, and the only one they had seen so far, which was totally without rust. But it was badly marred. All the same, halfway across, a large piece of the trussel had fallen into the rushing river below. What remained were two long, jutting pairs that pointed out no, at each other like accusing fingers, jutting out of the water below the hole. All I'm picturing is the Spider-Man meme. So, so much for Blaine, Eddie said. No wonder they stopped hearing it. The support finally gave way while it was crossing the river and it fell into the drink. Into the drink, huh? Uh, it must have been decelerating when it happened, or it would have car- uh, carried straight across, and all we see would have seen is a big hole like a bomb crater. Well, it was a great idea while it lasted. Mercy said there had been another one, Susanna reminded him. Yeah, she also said she hadn't heard it in seven or eight years. And Aunt Aunt Talitha said it was more like ten. What do you think, Jake? Jake? Earth to Jake. Earth to Jake. Come on, little buddy. Jake, who had been staring intently at the remains of the train in the river, only shrugged. You're a big help, Jake, Eddie said. A valuable input. That's why I love you. Why well, we all love you. Jake paid no attention. He knew that he had s- he knew what he was seeing, and it wasn't Blaine. The remains of the motto sticking out of the river were blue. Uh, in his dream, Blaine had been the dusty, sugary pink of bubblegum you got with the baseball trading cards. Blaine is a pain, and Blaine is pink. Yes. So now they move to the bridge. The bridge. Oh, the bridge, the bridge, the bridge. The next morning, Roland's band of travelers stood at the end of the long, rusty bridge, gazing across at Ludd. Eddie dreams of wise old elves who had been preserved a working technology on which the pilgrims could draw were disappearing. Now that they were close, he could see holes in the cityscape where whole blocks of buildings appeared to have either been burned or blasted. The skyline reminded him of a diseased jaw from which many teeth had already fallen. Yeah, city's looking fantastic. So yeah, Eddie's all Eddie's hopes just crashed. <laughs> He's done. He no longer sees the feasts and the elves and people giving him maps to the towers. It's just dead. Yeah, as said bridge is looking jacked up. Yes. But on the side is a little walkway that they can get across. Five foot. A five foot walkway. That they can walk across except for one point. That's just cables. Yeah. 
that they're going to have to try to cross. But other than that, there's they can get they can they can make it. It's like there's like a railing and like a metal pipe thingy or something. I don't remember what it is because. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's round. It's bad. It's, it's bad. That's why it's a cable. It's like some thick cable or bar metal or something. <laughs> uh, I think we can cross, Roland said, calmly pointing. The gap is inconvenient, but the side rail is still there, so we'll have something to hold on to. <laughs> Eddie nodded, but he could feel his heart pounding hard. The exposed walkway support looked like a big pipe made out of jointed steel and was probably four feet across at the top. In his mind's eye, he could see how they would have to edge across, feet on the broad, slightly curved back of the support, hands clutching the rail while the bridge swayed slowly like a ship in, the mild, in a mild swell. Jesus, he said. He tried to spit, but nothing came out. His mouth was too dry. You sure, Roland? <laughs> so far as I can see, it's the only way. Yeah, I mean, you gotta go across the bridge. What about you, Jake? Susanna asked. Hey, no problem, Jake said at once. He was actually smiling. I hate you, kid, Eddie said. Roland was looking at Eddie with some concern. If you feel you can't do it, say so now. Don't get halfway across and then freeze up. Eddie looked along the twisted surface of the bridge for a long time, then nodded. I guess I can handle it. Heights never been my favorite thing, but I'll manage. Good, Roland surveyed them. Uh, soonest begun, soonest done. I'll go first with Susanna, then Jake, and Eddie. Eddie's drogue. Dr- sure, that's a fun word. Can you handle the wheelchair? Hey, no problem, Eddie said. Giddily, let's go then. Well, we, we all know how Jake feels about heights. We knew that from the first book. He loves them. He, when they were crossing that little whatever it was down under the mountains, the little trail, he was the happiest kid in the world. He was like, I'm pretty much playing like I'm... You mean till they fell to his death? Yeah. He's like, I'm a tightrope walker. This is So fun. you would think that would have an effect on him now? I'm, Last yeah, time I was in a high place, I fell to my death. And Roland, you let me die. But no, apparently he's, he's still psyched. Heights are cool. I like heights. They're fine. I'm a little more on Eddie's side with this. Yeah. I, I can would, manage. I'm not a fan, but I can manage. I would have been like, as long as you guys are cool for like sitting here for an hour, I'll just lay down and scoot. <laughs> <laughs> or if you guys want to drag me, just get to the edge. Get to the other end. Just throw a rope across and I'll just slide across. And we're good. But yes. Eddie is now, he's looking at it, and it's just, he's coming up with all these things in his head. The wind is humming. It's making the bridge move. It's just, soon he would be over the water. The wheelchair banged against his left leg with every step. Something furry brushed between his feet, and he clutched madly for the rusty handrail with his right hand, barely holding in a scream. Oi went trotting past him with a brief upward glance, as if to say, Excuse me, just passing? Fucking dumb animal, Eddie said through gritted teeth. He discovered that although he didn't like looking down, he had an even greater aversion to looking at the hangers, which were still managing to hold the deck and overhead cables together. Pretty much they were rusty. They were, like, starting to come undone. Yeah. The bridge. 
Not doing well. Not doing well at all. It's held this long. It'll hold a little longer. You think this thing's going to fall into the river just because you're crossing it? Don't flatter yourself. He no, wasn't comforted. It, it's thousands. It's hundreds of thousands of pounds. It's been swaying in the wind. I promise y'all's combined weight of five, six hundred pounds. That's not going to topple the whole bridge. It, it still doesn't make him feel better because he thinks this could be the last straw. This could, it could be, but this could be that one thing that it's needed all these years. No, no. I promise more people are crossing it than just y'all. There are people in the cities that we know, for a fact. He closed his eyes for a moment. You're not going to freeze. You're not. I, I forbid it. If you need something to look at, make it long, tall, and <laughs> ugly. And he opened his eyes again, fixed them on the gunslinger, and forced his hands to open and began to move forward again. And now we cross the gap. Good old gap. Not the store, guys. Not the store. Oh, let's see. The wind was much stronger over the river cut, and Roland could see it rippling Oi's silky fur. Eddie was about 25 feet behind Jake. His face was tightly drawn, but he was still shuffling grimly along... With Susanna's collapsed wheelchair in his left hand, he was right. His right was clutching the rail like a grim death. Susanna, yes, she responded at once. Fine, Jake. Jake looked up. He was still grinning, and the gunslinger saw there was going to be no problem there. The boy was having the time of his life. Uh. Uh. Uh, see, he was waving the waves in his eyes. Sparkled. He jerked one thumb up, Roland smiled, and returned the gesture. Eddie? Don't worry about me! Eddie appeared to be looking at Roland, but the gunslinger decided he was really looking past him. Now, I think he was no, looking no, at you, I'm Roland. looking at you. <laughs> Alright, uh, right, I won't, Roland murmured. You're going to cross the hole now. Oh, we're going to cross the hole now. Susanna, sit easy. No quick movements, understand? Yes. If you want to adjust your position, do it now. I'm fine, Roland, she said calmly. I just hope Eddie will be all right. <laughs> Eddie's a gunslinger now. He'll behave like one. Are you sure? Are you, are you, are you really sure? <laughs> and now we can. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're here. Yep. Of course, Jake is loving it. He has always loved heights. He's just, he's feeling just everything, the wind. So halfway across the hole in the bridge, Roland and Susanna had reached the place where the uneven walkway resumed and were watching the others. Jake looked back and his heart sank. Yep. And my heart sank as well. I I already know the solutions here, but this killed me a little bit on the inside. They had forgotten one member of the party when they were discussing how to cross... Oi was crouched, frozen and clearly terrified on the far side of the hole in the walkway. He was sniffing at the place where the concrete ended and the rusty curved support took over. Come on, Oi! Jake called. Oi! The bumbler called back, and the tremble in his hoarse voice was almost human. He stretched his long neck forward toward Jake, but didn't move. His gold-ringed eyes were huge and dismayed. Another gust of wind struck the bridge, making it sway and squall. 
Something twanged beside Jake's head, the sound of a guitar string which had been tightened until it snaps. A steel thread had popped out of the nearest vertical hanger, almost scratching his cheek. Ten feet away, Oi crouched miserably with his eyes fixed on Jake. Come on, Roland shouted. Wind's freshening. Come on, Jake. Not without Oi. Jake began to shuffle back the way he had come. Before he had gone more than two steps, Oi stepped gingerly onto the support rod. The claws at the ends of his stiffly braced legs scratched at the rounded metal surface. Eddie stood behind the bumbler now, feeling helpless and scared to death. That's it, Oi, Jake encouraged. Come to me. Oi, Oi, ache, ache, the bumbler cried and trotted rapidly along the rod. He had almost reached Jake when the traitorous wind gusted again. The bridge swung. Oi's claws scratched madly at the support rod for purchase, but there was none. His hindquarters slewed off the edge and into space. He tried to cling with his forepaws, but there was nothing to cling to. His rear legs ran wildly in midair. Jake let go of the rail and dived for him, aware of nothing but Oi's gold-ringed eyes. No, Jake! Roland and Eddie bellowed together each from his own side of the gap, each too far away to do anything but watch. It's very, very intense. Very intense. Like, no, oi! God! Why did Jake, why did you think oi? I, he could have... Okay, he is a little boy. I was about to say, you know Eddie, could, Eddie could have used him as a backpack. You know who could have carried oi? Susanna. What else is she doing on Roland's back? Well, that's a lot more weight, though. She could have held the bumbler rolling the fine, okay? <laughs> well, besides Eddie being freaked to death, I'm sure he could have carried oil like a backpack. I don't know. I, let's not trust it to Eddie. Poor Eddie over there, okay? <laughs> we know. We know he's capable. I know. I know. We're getting there. Uh, Jake hit the cable on his chest and belly. Jesus, that got hurt. Yeah, and I had to hurt like a mother. Ooh. But yes, the wind gusted again. He went with it, looping his right hand around the support rod and reaching for Oi with his left as he swayed out into space. The bumbler began to fall and clamped his jaws on Jake's reaching hand as he did. The pain was immediate and excruciating. Jake screamed but held on, head down, right arm clasping the rod, knees pressing hard against its wretchedly smooth surface. Oi dangled from his left hand like a circus acrobat, staring up with his gold-ringed eyes, and Jake could now see his own blood flowing along the sides of the bumbler's head in thin streams. Then the wind gusted again, and Jake began to slip outward. It's like, okay, you, you have him, or he has you now, sweet lord. Well, see, that's the, that's the thing. At least Jake, not really terrified of the heights, only person who would have dove for Oi, but he also is the one who cares about Oi the most. Yeah. And, I mean, I just think him reaching and just the bumbler, like, yeah. I was like, all I can picture is a snapping turtle. Just yeah. And then we get Eddie in the zone. Oh, no. Eddie proves himself pretty well here. Oh, yeah. Good on you, Eddie. Good on you. Just throws the chair, just drops it, and just runs. Just doesn't even hold on to the railing. Just runs. At this point, his gunslinger instincts have kicked in. He's no longer thinking about the heights. And it runs down the, the metal bar. What a yeah. drop. Yeah. Drops? Just drops into the splits pretty much. Just slam each leg on either side of the pole. Just whoop-bam. Yeah. Which he feels for a while. Oh, yeah. Doesn't but, care, though. Doesn't care right now. 
and grabs Jake by the hair. What is with people grabbing people by the hair by now? It's probably not the only thing he could reach at the time. He has, like... He didn't have anything else to grab. He's like, purchase here, grab hair, pull. So... Oh, no, he grabs the pack. Grabs the what? hair and the pack. Oh. And hopes that the pack's not cheap. Yeah. Roland, he bellowed, I could use a little help here. But Roland was already there, with Susanna still perched on his back. Uh, when he bent, she locked her arms around his neck so she wouldn't drop headfirst from the sling. Eh. The gunslinger wrapped an arm around Jake's chest and pulled him up. When his feet were on the support rods again, Jake put his right arm around Oi's trembling body. His left hand was in agony of fire and ice. Let it go, Oi, he, he gasped. You can let it go now. We're safe. For a terrible moment, he didn't think the Billy Bumber would. Then slowly, Oi's jaws relaxed and Jake was able to pull his hand free. It was covered with blood and dotted, and dotted with a ring of dark holes. Oi, the bumbler said feebly, and Eddie saw with wonder that the animal's strange eyes were full of tears. He stretched out his neck and licked Jake's face with his bloody tongue. That's okay, Jake. That's okay, Jake said, pressing his face into the warm fur. He was crying himself, his face a mask of shock and pain. Don't worry, that's okay. You couldn't help it, and I don't mind. Everyone's lived. Everyone lived. Everyone's okay. Oh, he didn't fall off the bridge to his death. Eddie's okay with his balls. He's yeah, saying, they're, they're I, hurting, I don't know if he's okay with his balls at the moment. Okay, but... Cheap vasectomy, he said hoarsely. Are you going to faint, Eddie? <sighs> asked. No, I almost wish I could, but... And then Susanna's like, take a look at Jake. <laughs> he's really bleeding. I'm fine, Jake said, and tried to hide his hand. Roland took it gently in his own hands before he could. Jake had sustained at least a dozen puncture wounds in the back of his hand, his palm, and his fingers. Most of them were deep. It would be impossible to tell if bones had been broken or tendons severed until Jake tried to flex the hand, and this wasn't the time or place. Roland looked at Oi. The Billy Bumbler looked back, his expressive eyes sad and frightened. He had made no effort to lick Jake's blood from his chops, although it would have been the most natural thing in the world for him to have done. Leave him alone, Jake said, and wrapped the encircling arm more tightly about Oi's body. It wasn't his fault. It was my fault for forgetting him. The wind blew him off. I'm not going to hurt him, Roland said. He was positive the Billy Bumbler wasn't rabid, but he still did not intend for Oi to taste any more of Jake's blood than he already had. As for any other diseases Oi might be carrying in his blood, well, Ka would decide. In the end, it always did. Roland pulled his neckerchief free and wiped <laughs> Oi's lips and muzzle. There, he said, good fellow, good boy. Oi, the Billy Bumber said feebly, and Susanna, who was watching over Roland's shoulder, could have sworn she heard gratitude in the voice. Good old Oi, good old Oi. We, we love Oi. Oi's fantastic. <laughs> That was scary. I remember the first time reading this, and I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. They killed a bumbler here. I'm done with the series. Yes, exactly. If Oi dies now, I'm done. I know he, he was introduced in this book, but I'm done anyway. So, yes, they have been really focused on Oi and Jake and trying to save them. They're all kind of just in this one little area mm -hmm. and so they're mm -hmm. like okay it's time to keep crossing the bridge yeah we, got, we have to get across the bridge and 
goodness, they're not alone anymore. No, they are not. Roland turned, began to take a step, and stopped. A man was now standing at the far side of the gap, watching them expressionlessly. The newcomer had approached while their attention was focused on Jake and Oi. A crossbow was slung across his back. He wore a bright yellow scarf around his head, and uh, the ends streamed out like banners on the whatever freshening wind. Gold hoops with... Okay, we're getting a very descriptiveness of this guy. <laughs> One eye covered the white patch. His Pretty face was washed with purple sores. This, the, 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 this, this wait, dude wait. right here. That's right. There we go. Here's a good description right there. That, that's, that's him to a T. That that ugly ass man right there. Yep, that guy right there. He we don't like disease, him. He's He's gross. Mm-hmm. We don't like him. I, it uh, was also like three chapters back. I don't know why. Yeah. That yeah. picture was three chapters back. As Eddie looked past the hurdles of the brick building, so the show where else? Oh. <gasps> oh. I was like, what's that noise? <laughs> I thought you unlocked the back door. I think you could say that, but. We have a guest on the show today. He's being very quiet. Anyway, okay. where's the next part we need to actually read here? So, pretty much. Roland, of course, pulls the gun out, and the guy's like, put it away. Bad thing's gonna happen. To say the least. He's, he also talks like a pirate. Put it away, my dear heart. You're fierce and trim, eh? That's clear, but this time you're outmatched. Outmatched? It's like, yeah. Buddy, how do you think you have Roland outmatched? Huh? And we find out, and it's like, well, maybe you do. <laughs> you really just caught him off guard. It's not his fault. It's not, not much can be done about it, but... Suppose I choose not to, Roland asked. Suppose I choose to simply put a bullet through your scrupulous head. Which I would have been happy about, truthfully. Then I'll get to hell just enough ahead of ye to hold the door, the man in the yellow scarf said and chuckled chummily. He wiggled the hand he held in the air. It's the same jolly fakement to me, one way or to other. Roland guessed that was the truth. This guy looks pretty bad. Like, he's he looks like he's on death's bed anyway. <laughs> So we're pretty sure if he doesn't care, he dies. Do you know what I've got here, my dear ones? The pirate asked. Do your kin what your old friend Gasser just happens to have laid his hands on? It's a Granado, which is funny, but... Close, close. I mean, translate that to grenade pretty easily, but... It's a Granado, something pretty the old folks left behind, and I've already tipped its cap. For to wear one's cap before the introduction is complete... Is complete would be weary bad manner, so it would. Jesus. Yeah, it's just really crap. broken language here. You can, so, you can have it after I am done. So, yeah, this guy stands at the end of the bridge, or not the end of the bridge, on the bridge, at the end of the yeah. middle area, with a grenade in his hand, with the pen pulled. It's like, oh, if you shoot me, I drop the grenade. It blows up the bridge, and we all die. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if we all... Who, whoever doesn't die from the explosion is going to fall to the death in the bridge. Yeah. So... The, the only one who may live may be Eddie, but he's going to go to the water. That's, that, that's about it. So, yeah. So you can shoot me all you want. Sure. Go for it. But... So, Roland asks the obvious question. What do you want? Like, what, what could you... What do you want? And he knew the answer. Yeah. He knew the answer. What's the boy? Yes, he, he wants the squint. The squint. And, 
Yeah, so, so well, well, what happens to the rest of us if I hand you the boy? It's like, you go on your little wave. The TikTok man. The TikTok man. You have the TikTok man's word on it. It comes from his lips to my lips to your ears, so it does. And TikTok's Trig Cove, too. What don't break his word once it's been given. I can't say every word nor watch about any pubes you might run into, but you'll have no trouble with the TikTok man's grace. And, so, yeah. you're free to go, as long as you give me the boy. Which Eddie is like, what are you even thinking, yeah. Roland? <laughs> no, Eddie's thinking more with his heart at the moment and not so much with his brain. Because there literally is no option. Susanna sees this. Yeah. She's like, we're screwed. <laughs> to which Roland is kind of looking down and he doesn't, he doesn't, his lips don't move. But he tells Jake, I will keep my promise. Mm-hmm. And Jake understands completely. Oh, yeah, I'll keep my promise. No worries. We're, we have to do this. Don't worry. Put the gun away, Eddie. I'll decide. And, Jake, are you out of your mind? <laughs> and, of course, then Susanna's like, Eddie, put the gun away. It's going to be okay. Let, let everyone else who's thinking with their brains for a second <laughs> to figure this out. You're... We we can't we can't do anything here. How do we know you won't just toss their grenade once we give you the boy? Which is Eddie, of course, saying this again. Roland's like, I will shoot it out of the air. You know I can. You know I can shoot this thing out of the air. And even if he didn't, even if the bridge blew up, Gasher would still be on the bridge, and it would still kill Gasher. And and the kid that he wants. So exactly. Like... So just it doesn't work. And always this can only go two ways. Either we don't do what he wants. We, we all, all die. die, or we do what he wants, and there's there's very it'd be very difficult for him to kill us without killing himself. Yeah. Plus, even if he does throw it into the air and Roland shoots it, it's still going to harm Gasher, so he's not going to throw it. Yes. It's so a- the best case for everybody is, unfortunately, the only thing that can be done: either Gasher just say, "You know what? Don't worry about it. I don't really want the kid that much anyway," or you have to give him the boy. Will you give me the boy, or do we all march to the end of the path together? Before Roland could say a word, Jake had slipped past him on the support rod. He still held Oi curled in his right arm. He held his bloody left hand stiffly out in front of him. Jake, no! Eddie shouted desperately. I'll come for you, Roland said in the same low voice. I know, Jake repeated. Roland, he could be bluffing, Eddie yelled. That thing could be a dud. And it's it's beyond. Jake has made his choice. He has gone to the gasher. And we just... Gasher's disgusting. All around, he's disgusting. Yeah, to, to the, the, any, the worst possible things you could think of. Yeah. He's terrible. Yeah. And, of course, you know, he's... He pretty much is just like... If you, if you try to do anything, I'm gonna kick your brains out your butt. To which, you know... Or... or Repeat Isn't it like, back to him. Yeah, he doesn't like Oi, but Jake's not letting Oi go. No. So, of course, Jake gets onto that side. He puts Oi down. Gasher kicks at Oi because douchebag. But Oi runs off, and, well, Gasher has a good old Jake at this point. And then, of course, he tells Jake to run, or Oi to run, and then... Yeah, just his Gasher just grabs him and he's, he's gross and I just don't. Exactly. That's about as much we need to go into that. Yeah. 
But pretty much then he's like, when I say we're running, you're gonna run. If you don't run, I'll beat you. And so they kind of just walk off. And as soon as they get to a certain point, off they go. Yep. Gasher's got Shake. And they're running. And then very shortly after, Roll on them, get off the bridge. Or starts heading their way as well. Yes. And so while they're running, Jake is realizing, like, he crosses in. Like, the first thing that happens is they make it to this wall, and Jake literally thinks, like, we're dead. We're just going to run straight into the wall. And it turns out there's this little hallway, and he's right away, he's like, this is a maze. This entire thing is a maze, and no one's ever going to find me. Yeah, they're going back and forth, left and right, to this horrible, horrible maze. Yes. And we find out that even though this is even though he's disappearing more and more into this maze, there's someone following him. Someone's not willing to let go of his best buddy. So Oi is watching. And of course, come on, Roland said as soon as Gasher had turned tail, how could you do it? Eddie asked, How could you let that freak have him? Option. You knew the guy wasn't just bluffing, didn't you, Eddie said. I mean, you weren't guessing. You knew. (laughs) He's a walking dead man. Of course he knew. To which Roland comes up with a plan. The more we talk, the more likely we've lost Jake. So we are splitting up. We are splitting up. You and Susanna are going to go look for the train station and fire a shot every half hour so we can try to find you. And Rowan is going to go get Jake. Yes. Shots may attract other people as well, Susanna said. Eddie had helped her out of the sling. Rowan surveyed them coldly, handled them. Okay, Eddie stuck out his hand and Roland took it briefly. Find him, Roland. Oh, I'll find him. Just pray to your gods that I find him soon enough. And just remember the faces of your fathers. Both of you. We'll try. Now, I can say these next several pages I had very little interest in. Yeah. Um, Roland turned and ran light-footed down the ramp. When he was out of sight, Eddie looked at Susanna and was not very surprised to see she was crying. He felt like crying himself. Half an hour ago, they had been a tight little band of friends. Their comfortable fellowship had been smashed to bits in the space of just a few minutes. Jake abducted, Roland gone after him, even Oi had run away. Eddie had never felt so lonely in his life. I have a feeling we're never going to see either of them again, Susanna said. Of course we will, Eddie said roughly. But he knew what that meant because he felt the same way. The premonition that their quest was all over before it was fairly begun lay heavy on his heart. Says, because that was so true, he thought, what are you talking about, Edward Dean? Nothing, he said, and because that was so true, he thought he might burst into tears. Uh, And then we get two pages of them describing the maze and everything. Pretty much, we it's it's a war tattered place that's a mix between our world and Roland's world and all these things that Jake recognizes, like different vehicles, 
And, and just... they get at a point where Gasher throws away the grenade. Yeah. No, that was actually earlier. Well, still. They well, still yeah. got to a point where he threw away the grenade and it exploded. Yes. Showing off that it was definitely real. And then we keep going until Gasher... Uh, meanwhile, Gasher throughout this entire thing is beating the shit out of Jake. Like, he's smacking him upside the head. He punches him in the face, I don't know, or slaps him across the face so hard his nose bleeds, like, twice. And he... Or he does it once, and then they get to an X. Like, he, he's... Well, he stops Jake. Yes. Because it says here, uh, at last when... When he was sure he could run no longer, Gasher grabbed him by the neck and yanked him to a stop so fiercely that Jake crashed into him with a stringly squawk. Here's a tricky little bit, Gasher, panted jovially. Look straight ahead and you'll see two wires that cross in an X low to the ground. Do you see them? So yeah, so there's a trap here. Not only is this a giant maze of broken and dangerous things, including glass just jutting out of places randomly, it's it's booby-trapped. It's booby-trapped with two wires and an X. That if you hit them, it's going to bring the entire thing down on top of you. These wires are probably holding a couple of carefully chosen keystones in place, he thought. If one of them breaks, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. His back brushed one of the wires, and high overhead, something creaked. Careful, Cully, Gesher almost moaned. Be oh so careful. So then he gets clear. Gasher just seemed to just, whoo. Probably done it a billion times. And immediately just, whoa-bam, just slaps Jake as hard as possible across the face. And he's like, oh, eh, why did you do that? And he's like, for telling me, you know? For telling me what I can see, for almost bringing the whole thing down on us, and just because I wanted to. So no real reason, just no. just because he's a douchebag. And then he's like, "There's a city bus balanced up there someplace, as I remember." Jake began to weep, tired, hopeless tears. And it's like he gave up hope and thought alike, and allowed himself to descend wholly into the nightmare. As farther and further they got, he gave up hope and thought alike and allowed himself to descend wholly into the nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it's a horrible, destructive little maze with traps and everything. He doesn't think there's any chance Roland could find him. Not through this. No. And Roland has is running and he stops in front of that big long wall that Jake thought they were going to run straight through. And he automatically pretty much sees the little hallway off to the side. He's like, I got it. Roland's good like that. Uh, the building lying east of the point where would be the century-occupied island emerging from the inland sea of trash, tools, artifacts, and booby traps. He had no doubt. Yeah, I mean, Roland's fairly smart. He knows his world pretty well. He walked forward slowly and saw the mouth of the passageway half hidden behind a ragged cement boulder. There were footprints in the powdery dust Two sets, one big, one small. Roland started to get up, looked again, and squatted on his hunkers once more. Not two sets, but three. The third marking the paws of a small animal. Oi, Roland called softly. For a moment, there was no response. Then a single soft bark came from the shadows. Roland stepped into the passageway and saw gold-ringed eyes peering at him from around the first crooked corner. 
Roland trotted down to the bumbler. Oi, who still didn't like to come really close to anyone but Jake, backed up a step. Do you want to help me? Help me find Jake. Ache, Oi barked, still watching Roland with his anxious eyes. Go on. Go on, then. Find him. Oi turned away at once and ran rapidly down the alley, nose skimming the ground. Roland followed his eyes only occasionally flicking up to glance at the Oi. Mostly, he kept his gaze fixed on the ancient pavement, looking for a sign. So now we have good old uh, Oi as a bloodhound here. <laughs> Detective Roland and his hound dog. Pretty much. So, I mean, a little help from Oi sniffing him out in Roland's extremely perceptive, perceptive eye. We're good. Oh, we're good. Well, Jake's not giving Roland enough credit. And then, as far as this last bit, I I just skimmed through it. Like, I mean, I read it, but it was just... It was mostly Susanna and Eddie walking through the city. Yeah, it's literally yeah them walking through the city trying to find where they need to go. There's only a couple things of note that I even wrote down in these yeah. pages. Um, after some perspective, they're like, oh... Where we need to find the train. We yes. need to figure out where it's at. Where do we look? And Eddie looks up into the sky, finding the the, 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 the beam. beam. It's like, huh? Well, it's gonna be somewhere on the beam. And it's like this street is the only one that semi follows the beam. Oh, and it has a large giant stone <laughs> turtle marking it. And these people, are, this this place is creepy all on its own. The fact that dead bodies are hanging everywhere. Yeah, it's it's very, very unpleasant. But yeah, Susanna took a brief look of her own and nodded. He pushed her, okay. Oh no. It says, Eddie nodded toward and managed a small dry smile. See the tur- turtle of enormous girth. He pushed her across the city square and into the street of the turtle. The corpses, yeah. which lined it, gave off a dry, cinnamony smell that gave Eddie's stomach a clinch. There's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of dead bodies. Well, that's the thing. Most not, mummified, yeah. some not. Not because it was bad, but because it was actually rather pleasant. The sugary, spicy aroma of something a kid would enjoy shaking onto, this morning, onto his morning toast. So you're surrounded by corpses. You smell something sweet and cinnamon. It's just a little weird. But yeah. Um, and then they start to actually think over the speakers. Like what, what the actual speakers were used for. Which they were like, oh, okay. So it's just morning announcements or announcements during the war to let people know what's going on. And... Then the sirens and the stuff like they were originally okay. So there's war coming. We play this thing. So now everybody's associating the sirens with, or the speaker system with war. Mm-hmm. So now we know why it just suddenly happens and then shuts off and then happens and then shuts off. Well, that's a little a little broken at this point. <laughs> but yeah, so it says. What matter? It says, Then the war had ended and silence had fallen for a while, but at some point the speakers had begun broadcasting again. How long ago? A hundred years? Fifty? Did it matter? Susanna thought not. What mattered was that when the speakers were reactivated, the only thing they broadcast was a single tape loop, the loop with the drum track on it. And the descendants of the city's original residents had taken it for what? 
the voice of the turtle, the will of the beam. Susanna found herself remembering the time she had asked her father, a quiet but deeply cynical man, if he believed there was a god. I thought it was pretty interesting. If you believed in a god in heaven who guided the course of human events. Well, he said, I think it's sort of half and half, Odetta. I'm sure there's a god, but I don't think he has much, if anything, to do with us these days. I believe that after we killed his son, he finally got it through his head that there wasn't nothing to be done with the sons of Adam and daughters of Eve. And he washed his hands of us. Wise fella. And then it's, uh, she had responded to this by showing him a squib on the community church's page. God speaks to each of us every day. And it's like, well, I guess each of us hears someone talking, he said at last. And you can bet your bottom dollar on one thing, sweetie. Each of us, including this here Reverend Murdoch, hears that voice say just exactly what he wants to hear. It's so convenient that way. So pretty much they're saying that this system that's now broadcasting this random song that these people don't even, they just probably hear noise at this point. And inside their heads, they're hearing whatever they want. And for them, it's telling them the war is still going on. (laughs) How many more will have to die before the tape finally breaks? As if her thoughts had caused it to happen, the speaker suddenly began to transmit the relentless, whatever, heartbeat of the drums. Eddie yelled in surprise. Susanna screamed and clapped her hands to her ears. But before she did, she could finally hear the rest of the music. The track or tracks which had been muted decades ago when someone, probably quite by accident, had bumped the balance control, knocking it all away to one side. And Bert... Burying both the guitar and vocal. Push her along the street. He wanted to get out of the endless aisle of the dead. As he took yet another deep breath of that speciously sweet cinnamon smell, it seemed to him that he had never wanted anything so badly in his whole life. See, they say that she hears other stuff briefly under there. Yeah. And I'm curious, I just want a confirmation of what song it was. Oh, yeah. Like, come on, come on, come on. I, I, just, I just want to know. I just want to know. Let's see, it was 40 pages. So, kind of, where, where do we think we're going to end up next? I don't know. Let's see, 40 more pages will put us at, what, 52. So, let's see where 52 is and see if it. Random quick note. Earlier you had said you had noted something really important and I just was wondering if you had already said it. I don't remember what point I was talking about, but I I said I think everything I was going to say. I think. Well, We'll there's nothing on 50. Well, from 50 to, oh sweet lord. To 58. There is no in between. 28 at 50. 29 at 58. Uh, 52 was where we thought we were going to go. So maybe we end at 50. It would be a little shorter, but it means the last one will be a little longer. 
So, which... that, that sounds about good. And actually, that will be good because we'll go to 50. And then from 50, we have 40 more pages exactly because 50 to 90. So we'll end at 50, which is. What do you call that? Section 28? <laughs> it would be section 28. But on that note. Yes, well, we, we, we kind of have to end. Yeah. We kind of <laughs> have to end. We're at that point end. again. We're at that point again. I, I knew this was going to be a longer one. It, it turned was out a that, lot happened. It didn't a help that we talked about the series well, a whole bunch. It was a good. Maybe you guys will stick around longer. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll probably end up talking about this more and more, especially as they announce more things. But a good chapter. I'm looking forward to the next one because a lot more things are going to be happening. Um, but as always, you can reach me at Stars and Travel, Rich Amanda at KZ Pup, Rich the Show at Beyond Our Focus, everywhere, including YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Maybe. Maybe. So, um, anything else? Check out all our fun episodes this week. Some of them are quite amazing and funny. It would be this week, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We have good things coming up. You like Twilight Zone, that's out tomorrow. And then we have some nice. cool stuff about aliens and flat earthers and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's that, that should be fun, too. If you like this video, throw a comment down below. Throw a like on here. We'd appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel, because that'd be awesome if you still stuck around and even hear any of this. But other than that, anything? All right. Till next time. Long days and pleasant nights.